This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked on Rockets, be sure to subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Himalaya, Stitcher, brand new Odyssey app. Hit the subscribe button. We would sincerely appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for our Michelob Ultra moment coming up later in the episode. Now joining us for our weekly Locked on Rockets film room discussion is none other than the Athletics Alicon Bijani. What's up, Alicon? How you doing? Hey, Jackson. How you guys doing? Well... I'm I'm doing good. You, you know what? I've I've missed doing these with you. It's it, you know we we went it's for been a minute. <laughs> yeah we we missed like we were so consistent for like two months and then it just you know all hell broke loose and but the good news is we've got some exciting stuff to talk about with the number two. I became Hawks insider. I became Hawks insider, and this is what happens. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm breaking up with you, Jackson. Uh, you know what? It, look, from from what Nationals Insider to Nets Insider to Hawks Insider, <laughs> this man's you know taking a trip across America, and he's going to cover every team other than the Rockets, apparently, just to break my heart. But Ali Khan, the way that we want to set this up, right? And so for everybody in our green room that we're discussing this with, or if you're watching it on YouTube or you know listening to the podcast after the fact, what we're planning to do, we have about what, four or five weeks between now and the actual NBA draft. So Ali Khan and I sat down and we kind of mapped it out and we want this show to be kind of our preview, like, you know, kind of overlooking the different prospects and kind of just setting the table for the coming weeks where we are going to then do deep dives on each of the potential prospects, as well as then spending an entire episode looking at some of the really interesting candidates for those 23rd and 24th overall picks for the Rockets. So today... We're actually going to kind of go around the board a little bit, and I know that some people are going to be really thrown off, but we are going to talk about Jalen Suggs a little bit. We're going to talk about Cade Cunningham. We're going to talk about Evan Mobley, and we're going to talk about Jalen Green because any one of those guys, right? I think Suggs is probably the one where it's like, do you really need to talk about him? But we're still going to spend a little bit of time on him. Trust me when I say yes, you do. You need to talk about him. And that's it. Look, it, a strong enough endorsement from Alicon is good is good enough for me. So, Alicon, which direction do you want to go first? Do you want to kind of start with the two guys that have been, you know, at the forefront of every discussion with Evan Mobley and Jalen Green? Do you want to go with Cade first? Do you want to get Suggs out of the way? Like, how do you want to do this? Um, you know, we 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 have we have some nice visuals for our people who are going to be watching later on. Um, but uh, before we get started, I just want to talk about. I didn't get the chance to discuss this when um, the draft happened last or the lottery happened last week. But if you are a Rockets fan, enjoy this process. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are sick and tired or annoyed of 
the the bickering between people in the Green Gang or the Suck Squad or Mobley. What is Mobley it? Mobley, Mobley, Mobley Mob. Mobley Mob. Come on, respect um, on the Mobley Mob. <laughs> um, but you know, it's much better to be arguing about a number two overall pick than a number eighteen overall pick. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are enjoying the process. It's a lot of fun uh, being able to look at draft, um, you know, just breaking down the different players and things like that. But also just understand this is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, a roster is not just one person. A roster is full of people who contribute different skill sets, um, different versatile profiles. Um, and, and I think, you know, this draft, especially for me, is going to be a great look into what this Rockets organization plans to do moving forward. What do they see as the profile that a, a team needs to have to be successful in terms of especially team building, um, but also what are the different characteristics or qualities they're looking for in young players as they're building out their roster and adding talent for the future. Just wanted to be able to share that. I think it's great that we have a chance to discuss this number two overall, overall pick, and I'm hoping that uh, the fans enjoy the process along the way. Now, I, I will say, just before we sat down to record this, uh, probably about an hour or so before we sat down to record this and, and go live on Green Room on this, uh, what is it, Wednesday night? My days are all blurred together. Um, yeah, Wednesday night, right? Okay. And so we we saw uh, Jalen Green go on IG Live. And uh, somebody, uh, a fan favorite from the Houston Rockets, Kevin Porter Jr., decided to jump into the chat on IG Live and threw some messages back and forth with Jalen Green. And then Jalen Green kind of followed it up by saying, that's a scary backcourt, KP. And uh, a lot of people think that this is kind of a lock, that the Rockets may have uh, let something slip to Kevin Porter Jr., that they're favoring Jalen Green. And I know you you feel a certain way about this, Ali Khan, right? aggregators listen up i'm giving you something to aggregate right now with no sarcasm whatsoever no sarcasm here the houston rockets have definitely told kevin porter jr who they're going to draft i mean this is the first first time in the history of the nba has a 21 year old you know, been given the keys of a franchise and been told exactly what the franchise is going to do one month before the draft. I mean, it's insane. I mean, congratulations, Kevin Nolke. In all seriousness, I'm being sarcastic. Aggregators, um, please don't uh, put that on on um, Clutch Points, Bleacher Report, wherever you guys put all the aggregation stuff. Uh, my homies who are here. Um, guys, come on. Kevin Porter Jr. does not know who they're going to draft. He may want to play with Jalen Green. He may actually have a great relationship with Jalen Green. Good for him. But to think that because they're being buddy-buddy on Instagram Live means they're going. the Rockets are going to draft a specific player. Please don't. I know it's all fun, and I'm, I'm hoping it's fun. But there are certain people who did reach back out to me on Twitter and reply back saying that, hey, what if he's doing this for a reason? No, there's no reason. The only reason is he's enjoying his relationship with Jalen Green. So – Please don't think that the Rockets front office went out of their way to tell Kevin Porter Jr. who exactly they're going to draft. No team knows who they are going to draft. It's a process. There's always going to be smoke, which you've seen these last uh, this last week after the combine. There's always going to be rumors that come out. Ultimately, you have to wait until the pick is delivered, and you'd be surprised how much work goes in much before, even before the lottery. And now, over this course of the month, a lot of the work happens now. In terms of these up uh, the top five picks or top six picks, being able to you know have their visits with the teams, 
um, you know, getting checked out, talking to their coaches, talking to their um, uh, previous teammates, scouts, um, all these different things. Nobody knows who's going where. And to think that a player who's 21 years old has the answer to what the Houston Rockets are going to do with their franchise moving forward is just not a smart uh, basketball take to have. So that's my uh, rant. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm so glad I let Alicon get up on his pedestal and deliver that rant because I saw that. I mean, I saw the reaction too, and I, you know, everybody's freaking out about that. And it really, it gave me like the same vibes as like early pandemic times when, when we had players going on IG live left and right, you know, just talking to each other and people were yelling, tampering this and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, it was, it was wild to see, you know, everybody try and glean some level of information from these IG lives when at the end of the day we have to remember these guys like they love each other they're friends they work together right like I mean and I think that's that is truly the main takeaway from this is KPJ has a good relationship with Jalen Green and just jumped on his IG live and that's it don't read too much further into it KPJ has a great relationship with John Morant and if you're a listener of the show you know how much I like John Morant does this mean John Morant is coming to the Houston Rockets wow what a take that would be no he's not so just let's let's all relax here, enjoy the process. That's which is why I keep saying that. Enjoy the process, and you know, just enjoy Sticks these players having great. Just enjoy these players having great relationships. I think it's fantastic that the young players in the NBA are all get along really well. It bodes well for the league to have this kind of camaraderie that exists. But it does not mean that a 21 year old knows who the Rockets are going to draft. So with that in mind, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Well, with with that, now that we got the rant out of the way and we kind of teed up our topics, Alicon brought up the the idea of you know a little bit of smoke, and so I think that's a good way to kind of segue into talking about a little bit of Cade Cunningham, right? And then the fact that there is some smoke coming out of Detroit, and it's not you know a certified like lock that Cade goes number one overall. So. We're going to talk about Cade. We're going to kind of talk about some of his offensive, defensive metrics uh, coming up in just a moment. But first, we got to get our Michelob Ultra moment of the week. And you know what? For me, because we just spent five minutes talking about it, my moment of the week is going to be Kevin Porter Jr. jumping on Jalen Green's Instagram because that brought a lot of happiness, joy, and excitement to Rockets fans. I mean, just based on how you can tell everybody's freaking out on social media about it, thinking that Jalen Green is an absolute lock. I mean, as far-fetched as that idea is that we just completely debunked, it's still fun. It's still ha- it's still cool to see Rockets fans being excited about this because like we already talked about, it would have been brutal to lose the pick, to have to talk about you know pick number 18 instead of the potential number two overall pick. So as we're debating Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, you know what the Rockets are going to do with this draft pick coming up, who they're going to take at 23-24 overall, be sure to grab a Michelob Ultra, only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Go check it out. You can kick back with a Michelob while you're enjoying all of this debate, all of this discourse. And that is your Michelob Ultra moment of the week. So continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Of course, chatting with the Athletics' Ali Khan Bijani for our weekly, almost weekly, film room sessions. I got to give you a little hell for that one. Um, <laughs> let's start with Cade Cunningham, Ali Khan. Now, do you want to go, do you want to start offense or defense with Cade? Uh, I mean, let's start with offense. I think as of right now, he's just a more NBA-ready playmaker in this draft. Um, just the fact that he played in the offense, that he, despite the spacing struggles, despite all these different things, he was still able to get his teammates good looks. His passing continue, can continue to improve. I don't think he's there yet in terms of his passing skills, but he's shown so much 
um, great prowess with his playmaking that to me that's, that's why he's just a number one prospect. He can score. He's amongst the best players in isolation. Um, and I, I think the stat that comes up, comes off the board to me is that 15% of his possessions um, this year were isolation possessions, and he was an 87th percentile. Um, shot 44 or almost 45% on those types of possessions. This team scored at a high clip on those possessions. That's a kind of player you want to have um, as your dominant and your lead ball handler. And it's not a surprise why he is um, arguably by many across the board ranked as a, as a, as a top prospect. Now, the the fact that we're looking at, at Cade Cunningham and even discussing him is because there's a little bit of smoke coming out of Detroit that they might not actually go Cade number one overall. And how much, you know, at least in your mind, Ali Khan, you know, how much credence should be given to some of these rumors? It's, it's coming from multiple sources now. Uh, you got... Uh, I believe James Edwards, I hope I'm not misremembering uh, his name of The Athletic for the the Detroit Pistons beat writer, kind of reporting on that, the situation with Troy Weaver, that he's a bit of a maverick, uh, you know, he likes to go against the grain somewhat. And then you've got John Hollinger also kind of reporting that Detroit is very, very intrigued by Jalen Green as a potential prospect. And then you even have some others coming out saying Evan Mobley might be their guy. So is this all just posturing in your mind or is there a legitimate possibility that we see Cade fall to number two, or at least the Pistons maybe even trade down with the Rockets for the number two overall pick? Um, I think I'm just going to make one last point about my rant earlier, and I'm going to say, as, as kind of like an apology, but just want to say, I'm not trying to tell you guys how to fan. I want you guys to enjoy yourself. I'm always here for conversations on Twitter and here in Green Room. It just I wanted to make that point clear. But, you know, in terms of the smoke, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying um, about the fact that Teams don't know what they're going to do. It's still a long ways away. You'd be surprised how much of the scouting process at this point in time not only involves looking at the stats, looking at the film, but also speaking with uh, people who are players for the last few years, especially if they played in college, talking to the college coaches, talking to those from opposing teams, seeing how they looked against them. Um, just anybody, anybody that, uh, a team can get their hands on just to get more information. Um, and so that is something I just want to put out there. I don't think it's smoke, but I also don't think that it means that Cade Cunningham is going number two. I still think widely across the board, just talking to people I've talked to and talking to, you know, and seeing it online, obviously, as many people have reported, Cade Cunningham is widely regarded as the number one top pick um, and likely going to Detroit. Um, and at that point in time, if you're Houston, you still, you know, go into the process thinking if Cade falls, you get Cade if you want. Or you go into it thinking whoever is on your board when the number two overall pick comes to you, that is who you get. I think that's the process you're going to have moving forward. No matter what rumors come out there, what is being said, teams pay attention to this. Don't be wrong. Teams pay attention to what comes out. But it's the smart teams that continue just to work on their own draft preparation and making sure that they're sticking to the needs that they have to do for their roster. And it's worth noting that, you know, a lot of this, the, these conversations, right, between uh, front office executives and, you know, the, the people making these really important franchise defining decisions, they kind of start with the NBA draft combine, right? You find out what's happening with the lottery. You get those picks kind of locked in. Then the combine happens and you get all the front office executives kind of turning out to look at some of these prospects. And those are when some of those conversations kind of start happening between those guys, Rafael Stone, other front office officials, kind of gauging, testing the waters a little bit. And then those conversations continue leading up to and including all the way through draft day. So 
Ezra Fellstone has illustrated, and he's mentioned this time and time again, that he doesn't want to predetermine any of the Rockets' outcomes, right? He's not going to paint himself into a corner. He's not going to say, oh, we're definitely doing this. And credit to Troy Reaver, he's basically doing the same thing. Even though they have the number one overall pick, even though Cade is the consensus number one overall selection for a lot of people, you know, Jalen Green, you know, very, very talented individual. Evan Mobley, same thing. But I think you look at just how well-rounded Cade Cunningham is. Troy Weaver's doing his due diligence by not basically walking out there and saying, yeah, we're taking Cade and it's game over. And that's how he has to do it as a general manager. But that's also why we're discussing Cade, because there's still that slight possibility that something happens where Cade Cunningham finds himself in a Rockets jersey. Now, let's when, kind of, when, uh, oh, just one last point on Cade yeah. Jackson uh, that I want to make uh, to our listeners. When you're looking at smoke, this concept of smoke, you have to think about a couple of things. Number one, where is the rumor coming from? Who is releasing the rumor? Also, what is being said, pay very close attention to the language. Oftentimes when somebody is putting out a report, it's because they made sure that this was okay to put out there um, by the source they were getting it from, okay? Number three, whenever you're looking at all this information, you also want to pay attention to who benefits the most from it and who benefits the least from it, okay? And I think ultimately, no matter who it's coming from, just as Jackson said, I want to echo that point very loud and clear, but all these teams are doing a good job if they're making sure they're looking at all avenues available to them. That means that a team offers them a substantial package of number one overall. You don't want to just say off the bat, oh, we're not trading. Do I think the Rockets will trade from the number two pick to number one pick or number two pick down? No, I think the Rockets will stay pat in number two. You get a player that you want to take. That being said, it doesn't it 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 would make it would not make you a smart GM or a smart franchise or a smart front office if you are just going to close yourself off from different options that present themselves to you. Teams need to know that you're willing to talk, willing to negotiate, which the Rockets have always done over these last several years. Um, it's just it's just being a good, smart front office. Now, b- before we leave the topic of Kate, I do want to flip because we kind of you know highlighted a little bit uh, some of the the stats offensively, but I do want to give us give you a second to kind of get to the defensive metrics and anyone any yeah. of those that kind of stand out to you that you've noticed uh, as you've been doing some of your preliminary uh, research on Kate. Yeah, you know one thing that's interesting about Kate that is he he is long, right, and so he is six eight, and you can kind of put him in different situations. So I think one stat in particular for me um, that kind of reaches out defensively is the fact that he's good in isolation. And I think that really bodes well for you whenever you are um, a defender that's going to have the ball so much in your hands. If you can hold your own in isolation when teams are targeting you, especially uh, late in games, late in quarter situations when trying to have a mismatch or kind of punish the opposing ball handler, that's a great thing to have. And I think being a good isolation defender means that you have the skill set to be a good to solid defender in this league. So he has two-way potential, I think. I'm not saying he's the next Kawhi. Please don't. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there are tools available that I really like in Cade Cunningham that can make him you know, a solid defender for a team. The aggregators are already clicking away. I can hear them typing. They are, you know, drafting up the the tweet right now. Ali Kambijani of the Athletics says that Cade Cunningham is the next Kawhi, but with better playmaking. It's happening right now. I can I can hear the key clicks, the keystrokes. Y'all are too much, man. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I, I do want to, and I, I want to spend this this upcoming segment, our final segment, kind of talking about, uh, you know, the the remaining three guys. Obviously, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, and Jalen Green. Spend a little time talking about them, and we're gonna get there after a quick message from our friends over at RockAuto.com. Because look, with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you want to drive all the way down to the auto parts shop and you're like, I need you know X Y Z part and they're like, yeah, we don't even carry that. You got to go online and order it. Just order it from Rock Auto. You're going to save tons of money if you use rockauto.com. Why would you want to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same parts? Rockauto.com doesn't change their prices around. If you're a DIY guy or a professional, they keep their prices the exact same and they're always reliably low. So go check out rockauto.com. Their, their catalog, super easy to navigate. Go to their website. And when you're checking out, be sure to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And of course, our final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, chatting, of course, with the athletics, Alikan Bijani. Now, Alikan, we've got three more guys that we want to kind of tee up a little bit before we have our, our subsequent shows leading up to the draft where we're really going to get into the specifics on these guys. Which direction do you want to go first? Do you want to go Mobley? Do you want to go Suggs? Or do you want to go Green? Yeah, uh, th- before we before we get go down, I think we'll start with Mobley. I just want to make sure that we let the listeners know we have some great stuff coming up for you guys in the next few weeks. Uh, we were doing our best to you know break down the film for you guys, show their strengths, not only just like the main things you'll see, but just honestly, how they are on the ball, how they are off the ball, offense and defensively, not just in one area, kind of where they fit within the Rockets roster uh, presently constructed, how they can continue to progress and where um, and what's a good comparison for them in the league over time. There are all different things that you can expect from us. And I really do hope that you guys can join us um, on Green Room, on YouTube, or wherever you guys get your podcast, because we're going to have some great film um, breakdowns on each of these prospects and also number 23 and 24 overall. Uh, moving forward. Uh, but with that, Jackson, can we start with uh, Mobley first, if, if that's okay? No, we absolutely can start with Mobley because I'm still on the Mobley Island. I feel like that Instagram live from Jalen Green kind of like tossed a nuke at Mobley Island earlier. So, I mean, that's kind of disappointing. But um, I'm one of the survivors still. I'm still firmly on Mobley Island. But I also just want just to re-up on your point. We are going to have a lot of interesting content coming out. And this is actually probably going to be, it might be the last week that we do green room because moving forward we're going to be broadcasting the video portion of the show live so that we can you know do illustrations and breakdowns and really get into some of the uh visual elements of the film study that we've been wanting to do for a while you know illustrating showing plays and breaking them down frame by frame to show exactly how things are going to take place on the basketball court you know if it's Jalen Green or Evan Mobley how the Rockets might utilize them those kind of things so this might be our last green room um Kind of TBD for that. Just stay tuned. We'll obviously keep you guys all posted on that. But yes, let's dive into Evan Mobley, Alicon, because for me, I still walk away looking at everything that he gives to a team. And I, I truly believe he's the, still the number one or the, the number two rated prospect coming out of this draft. And even though I watch, you know, I, I watch so many highlights for both these guys every single day, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, even some Suggs highlights here and there, I still come away envisioning Evan Mobley as just this superb two-way elite talent. And the offensive game might not quite be where Jalen Green's is at right now, 
But I think with time, he'll easily be able to develop that game because he's got such a a solid base to work with, right? A solid foundation already. So do you want to start with his defensive side or offensive side? Let's start with his offense, um, okay. if that's okay. Um, and, and the reason why is because I've been highlighting a lot of his different things. But now let me first start off by saying this, because I think people have been wondering where I'm leaning towards. I have not made that clear yet on Twitter or um, even last week. I didn't make that clear when I first joined you for the reaction show. As of right now, I am on Mobley Island. Um, I am with you, Jackson, on Mobley Island. Now, I will present that case over these next few weeks. That's not to say I don't like Jalen Green. I really do. And I probably watched a lot of Jalen. I probably watched a lot more of Jalen Green film than I have Evan Mobley um, to start. But, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of film. If you guys look at my Google Docs notes, it's, it's a lot of notes going on right now. Um, but what, what, what really sticks out to me, and this is why I wanted to start with um, his offense first, is that I think you can mold him into what you want him to be what ideally he needs to be for you um, in your offense and also kind of where his career needs to go from here. So let's start off with the uh, the point about him um, kind of running pick and roll. He only ran pick and roll only a few, like about 3% of the time. But when you actually watch those things, it's really interesting. What, what, what usually occurred was that he came off a down screen and then he kind of made a quick decision and went towards the basket. Most times he was fouled, he didn't score. Um, but, you know, he forced the issue. He's being aggressive. He's driving. And I think what really impresses me about him being seven foot as he is, that he gets so low and he can kind of dip his shoulder effectively into the chest of the defender. He moves the defender away from their position and gets up towards the rim. More polishing, more post moves, more counter moves, which you need in the NBA counters especially. That's going to help him a lot. And I think that's a very um, – it, it's an area that I think that he's going to be successful and moving forward I, I see a lot of Chris I don't I'm not I'm not sure if I would like that compared just yet but I think in terms of offensively especially in Chris Bosch's early part of his career that's a great that's a great comparison also his playmaking I mean this guy is making reads I think if you look at USC's offense and you watch the film like if you watch like multiple games like whole games of USC you will see he's probably their I think their most consistent and best decision maker in the half court not in transition, but in the half court. He has the ability to bring the ball up. And playing with Steven Silas, he'll have the ability um, and have the opportunity. They'll, they'll give it to him if they wanted to, to bring the ball up as much as he wants to off of a rebound because he's probably one of the uh, guys who averages 10-plus rebounds a game for them. He can do that, but I really like him in the half court as a decision maker. And the way Steven Silas likes to play the offense, he likes that five to be in three spots. Top of the wing, the corner, and the slot. If you're in the corner, you're bringing the five away from the basket defensively that allows that five man to be able to do different things, cause switches. If you're at the top of the key, that the in this case Mobley, he has an ability to kind of initiate the offense as a passer, run dribble handoffs, going to different things. And lastly, as a five from the slot, here's what really interests me about Mobley. He's built as not only a wing, but as a big, right? He can crash the glass from the slot position if you are playing on this Rockets team and usually nobody boxes out people on the perimeter. Mobley's so long and so quick that I think he can be somebody who's really effective on the offensive glass um, at the next level as well. So those are just some of those key things currently right now that I'm looking at uh, uh, for Evan Mobley. 
And that's to me, and this is why, you know, when you start discussing Evan Mobley as a prospect that we, we just went through, you know, just a very, we barely scratched the surface of what he's going to be able to do offensively because he's so versatile, but then you get to his defense and that's really where he's probably going to have a, an immediate impact on, on yeah. whatever team takes him because he's such a, I don't, I, I really get tired of throwing the term unicorn around. <laughs> but that's what he is. I mean, he is a he is a supersized wing that is going to be able to hold, you know, perimeter players on the on the on the on the outskirts of the perimeter effectively without getting burned, you know, in, in isolation and whatnot. He he flips his hips incredibly well when he's defending and he's not giving up the size that you would still want out of your five spot. So he yeah. still has that that rim protection as well as that just overall paint protection with his length, with his athleticism, just his general defensive awareness. And I think that's going to be really where he's so impactful to start. And that's why I keep coming away thinking, okay, yes, Jalen Green, so exciting, an absolute bucket. But I feel like a lot of fans really disregard defense th- these days, right? They just they're they're so preoccupied with what happens on the offensive end. We don't consider no. You need some foundational pieces uh, defensively to be able to anchor your team on that side of the court. Yeah, and, and I think for me, you know, we we look at offensive scores. There's there's a term called three uh, three level scores, right? They can score from the perimeter, they can score from the mid range, they can score around the rim, right? For me, Evan Mobley is like a three-level defender. He can defend at the paint. He can defend in space out on the perimeter. And he can play from the weak side and really kind of hover on that mid-range area and deflect passes and do things. I'm not going to say he's Anthony Davis. Okay, I've said this comparison previously. But the the concept that I want to bring across is if there's a game, if there's a Rockets game that you want to go back and watch from this past season, watch that first Lakers-Rockets game when they played here at, uh, in, in Houston. And watch what Anthony Davis did defensively. He was not usually playing drop coverage. He was weak side, and they had Gasol or whoever the big was at that time playing the five and drop coverage. You'll be really interested to see how Anthony Davis was really wreaking havoc from that weak side as a defender who was kind of playing what's called split the difference. What that term basically means is if they're playing drop coverage, somebody's going to help inside the paint to take away the lob. And then the other defender, in this case Anthony Davis, is going to be somebody who's responsible for blocking out the passes to two shooters. Mobley can be that kind of guy. They've tried to do that previously here with Christian Wood a little bit too when they had Kelly Olenek on the five. But I think a guy like Mobley can really excel in that role. Mobley's even great in drop coverage. I really like him kind of moving his hips, kind of staying down, being vertical. I think the his concept of verticality and how, how well he does it is so good for a guy at his age and that it's going to become like an instinct for him whenever he's defending in the paint. I think a good example of that right now in the playoffs is John Collins. If you watch John Collins, he does, you know, he does sometimes jump up. But for the most part, his verticality is great for the Hawks and that how he comes over for the weak side and kind of defends the rim. So those are just some small things and we'll go we'll go into deeper. Uh, we'll go into this deeply deeper. Uh, when we're whenever we're actually doing the Evan you, you good, you good, right you good, bro. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. In there? <laughs> nah, man, I, I really like watching Evan Mobley play. So we'll go into this uh, in a much more deeper context whenever uh, we do our Evan Mobley film study. Absolutely, I, I've already got a million different topics that I want to bring up, but that's not what this show is for. Again, we're just kind of setting the table. But let's get to our next guy, uh, Jalen Green. And I'm, I'm going to go Jalen Green. I'm not starting with Suggs. We can wrap up with Suggs because I'm still of the opinion, even though we're going to talk about him. He has become a distant third option between these two other guys. Um, with Jalen Green, I, I mean, offensively, I think you, there's there's very little concern there. I mean, he has so many different things uniquely offensively. I, I think that if there's any concern with him coming out, 
there's probably a bit of concern defensively, just, you know, whether or not he, you know, truly can get up to a, a place where he is a, I don't want to say a two-way player, but, you know, really holds his own defensively. But in, in multiple interviews, he's spoken about wanting to be a better defender. When he made it to the G League, he, he basically told the coaches there, he was like, look, I want to be a better defender. I know I need to improve in that facet of my game. So he's aware, right? And I think that's one of the things that blows people away when they watch the interviews for Jalen Green is he's got this mentality that he wants to be the best. And I think that kind of like that edge that he has is why everybody's so hooked on him is he is a guy that you really think has that fire, that tenacity, as well as just the raw skill and athleticism to to be an all-time great at some point. He, he has that edge factor. And I, and I think you can't – and that, that also goes for Jalen Suggs, which is why I'm really high on Jalen Suggs compared to a lot of people. Having that it factor and having a leadership ability and also backing it up with your play and being versatile in different areas, that's what really helps you be successful in this league. With Jalen Green – like I said, I'm leaning towards Mobley right now. I'm not saying that if you ask me two weeks from now, I'd pick Mobley. I'm not as flippy floppy as people are you seeing on Twitter. Um, I'm not going to say, oh, 24 hours at all, I'm going for Jalen Green. But as of right now, that's, this is what I'm saying. But I have obviously have a lot more film study to do. I've watched a lot of film so far, guys, but I still have a lot more to do. And I think that that's same to be said for a lot of people, I'm trying to get to know these players, really understand and put into context what their role can be within a certain team within a certain scheme, within a certain system. For me with Jalen Green right now, he is somebody who's so explosive and he has some skill that you don't see in guys his age, which is why I think potentially by his second or third year, he can be a 25-plus point-per-game score just because he's so good in those areas where I think he needs to improve. And this is not saying that he needs to flop, but the fact that he needs to be a better job of leaning into contact and creating contact is what's going to take him to the next level as a scorer. He's not there yet. He's 19 years old. He has a long way to go. I think he will get there. But he just, for his age where he's right now, he's so advanced for his age when it comes to his scoring ability. An area that I would like to see him kind of really hone in on as he gets to the NBA level is learning to play off the ball. He was actually a really good shooter off the ball, um, not only coming off the screens, but also on spot up and kind of making those quick decisions. If he can do that here, working with a coaching staff that includes Steven Salas, that includes Jeff Fornis, that guys who like to get their guards into position to create advantages for themselves. Um, he will be able to have those opportunities. I think he'll be successful in that role. If he comes here, you'll have John Wall, you'll have Kevin Porter Jr., two guys who can handle the ball and get him involved. And I think at his best, he can be that secondary guy who can kind of create off the dribble. I'm not – man, I, I hate giving examples because sometimes I think people take me the wrong way. But I think a good visual because we're watching this unfold right now during the playoffs – is Chris Paul and Devin Booker. You look at the, the offense, Chris Paul runs the offense. Devin Booker comes off the screens, he gets the ball on the move or on the catch, and he's able to be effective. Then at, there are certain times during the, the quarter or during the half where Devin Booker will have multiple possessions in a row where he's running pick and roll, or running spread pick and roll, and getting the ball um, you know, to his bigs or to finding shooters. I think that that's the kind of player that Jalen Green can be, not saying Devin Booker, but in terms of that role. Uh, you know, playing off of somebody else, but having the ability to take over and be a primary playmaker when he needs to be for a bench unit and also kind of secondary, you know, to be able to use his scoring as a leverage to get others involved. I think Jalen Green is going to be a great player. He's going to be a star, potentially a superstar type of player. Um, but as of right now, you know, it, 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 there's a long way to go for him to get to that point. But I still I'm really I'm really, 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 really high on Jalen Green. 
And now to, to get to Jalen Suggs, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up uh, today's episode, which reminder, if you're in the green room, sit in the green room because we do Locked on Rockets after dark. That's something we haven't done in a minute. So don't leave when we, you know, quote unquote, wrap up the show. Stay in the room. We'll kick it. We'll hang out for a little bit. Ali kind of might dip because he hates us. But um, for Jalen Suggs, believe it or not, Ali Khan, I was actually right there with you with in fact, that I had Jalen Suggs as my as my number two in this draft for a while. And I think a lot of that comes down to and just for my Rockets big board. Right. And a lot of that came down for me because he has that lead guard mentality. Right. You know that he's going to be a, a, a two way force. I think that's that's clear as day. And for me, and I know that you shouldn't consider you know, fit, but I think that occasionally it's not the worst thing in the world to consider looking at the current roster structure and, you know, how would two guys kind of fit side by side. And Kevin Porter Jr. is not a lead guard to me, right? He's a, a, a scoring guard who is capable of playmaking at a high level, who the Rockets have given a shot at putting the ball in his hands and kind of seeing what he can do with the keys to the offense. But that doesn't make him a lead guard, right? He's not a Chris Paul. He's not a Kyle Lowry. He's not one of those type of guys. Jalen Suggs is that guy. And so for me, the idea that was so interesting about Jalen Suggs was pairing a type of lead guard like that with a Kevin Porter Jr., who I would argue kind of falls into that similar mold of a Jalen Green or a Devin Booker type, albeit with slightly better playmaking and needs to polish his outside shot a little bit better. But that's where the attraction kind of came from for me with Jalen Suggs. And I wonder if that was a little bit the same for you. Yeah, no, for, for me, the reason why I'm really high on Jalen Suggs is because whenever you're starting a rebuild, you want to have a good floor general, someone in the floor who can kind of get the offense going and kind of be able to be a game manager. I think Jalen Suggs is going to be a terrific game manager at the next level and somebody who's going to, at, at some, you know, at points become elite in a lot of different areas. I think he's going to be a very good player. I think in other drafts, he's going to have been worthy of being that kind of ball dominant ball handler that teams are coveting. Um, and that's why I'm saying I'm not discounting anything uh, when it comes to Jalen Suggs right now. Uh, one thing I do want to say when it comes to the Rockets, and this is going to be an important point I'm going to reiterate moving forward until the draft. To say that we're going to pick a player, hypothetically, whenever we're doing our draft coverage, that's going to fit with the current roster is a disservice to the current roster. The Rockets don't know. They have an idea. They don't know what their current roster is. And what I mean by that is there were so many injuries. They were so inconsistent with playing time because of everything that was going on. It was really hard for them to get a pulse on what their roster is like. And I think it, they're still learning. So whenever we're thinking of, is this fit going to be good next to this player? It's not about that. It's about, can this player be a championship level piece? Number one, can they play alongside well with other players? Number two, and how talented they are. You don't care what position they are. You don't care who you already have because ultimately the Rockets don't know what they already have. They have an idea, but do you really have a good idea or a good sample of where your team is right now, what they are? You have an individual idea, but collectively as a team, do you have an idea? You don't. You still need more time. And from that perspective, I really want Rockets fans to just understand. I get it. You're thinking about the future with those young guys you have. But that's like you projecting what you want to happen on certain players and how they're going to play together. You have to wait for that to actually happen to see how they will. They mesh well with each other. That's not to say they won't mesh well. That's not to say KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate, and Christian Wood, and Kevin Porter Jr., and Jalen Green, if you want, are in the Green Gang, are not are, are not going to be able to play well together. They may, they may, they may play really well together. 
but ultimately that's that's going to be a very tough question the Rockets have to ask themselves is based off of what you know off this past year the games that some players played over others what is your current roster like who do you feel like is going to be in a certain role do you have enough game film to see how John Wall and Kevin Porter Jr. play together I personally think you don't I I I I think the echo can be same said by some members of the coaching staff. If you kind of just pay attention to, uh, to go, if you go back and listen to um, their 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 pregame postgame articles, I mean, Silas has said that they got along, they they play well together, and that they learn to play well together, and that they can play well each other, play well with each other. But it, in, in factual speaking, ten games is in a lot of game time to really understand how two guys play well together. I just use that example for me to say. Let's take our time. Let's digest what you have. Let's also understand that you still don't know what you fully have in your roster. And that shouldn't mean that you're going to limit yourself from certain players because you think that you have that already solved at the point guard position or at the power forward position, center position, whatever the case may be. You're trying to put talented players together. And that's the name of the game. Best player available, right? Best player available. All right. Well, Ali Khan, this has been a treat. It's it's nice to actually have you back for our Locked on Rockets film room sessions. I'm excited for the breakdowns that we're going to be doing coming up, but you know the drill. Go ahead and let everybody know where to track you down at. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider. I have a lot of stuff coming up um, over this course this next next month on draft stuff. Um, like I, I really do mean when I say I really like interacting with everybody. If you have questions, feel free to reach out and ask on Twitter. I'm I'm going to be posting a lot of clips on a lot of these draft prospects moving forward. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. You know, you can always DM whatever the case may be. Always here to kind of make sure that you're better educated about the team you are. And be sure to follow not only on Twitter, you know, follow on Green Room at Rockets underscore Insider. Follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin as well as on Green Room at JT Gatlin as well. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. If you haven't yet, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. That would be awesome. We just broke 700 subscribers, which is insane. Uh, I was shooting for 1,000 by July 15th, and we aren't even in July yet, and we're only 300 away, which is incredible. So I appreciate all the support. That's wonderful. It means the world to me. We're going to have a lot of exciting content coming out for you and some potentially really exciting guests down the line that I'm working on. I got a lot of irons in the fire. You're not going to want to miss out on that. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.